Welcome to the My Life is the Medicine podcast, where we get off the never-ending search for more and take an inward gaze to find how our lives have already taught us profound truths. Rather than turning outward to experts or gurus, we talk with ordinary people and reflect inwardly about the life journey and everything felt, thought, and experienced along the way. Join us in casual conversation and reflective dialogue to discover how simply living a normal life, reflecting on our own life experiences, has already given us all the expertise we need. Hosted by Chuck Hancock, an ordinary human who has lived life in many roles, like psychotherapist, software engineer, school teacher, orphan, adoptee, father, brother, mentor, coach, ceremonialist, and more. Chuck is a weaver of wisdom from modern day psychology to ancient wisdom of indigenous and European roots, creating alchemy from everyday modern American life. Thanks for joining us today in the second part of our conversation with our guest. If you missed the first part of the conversation, you might want to go back and listen to that one first, or at very least read the show notes so you know who it is that we're talking to. But I think that you'd be really well served to check out that first episode. So if you haven't heard that one yet, go back one episode and listen to the first part of the conversation to hear the foundation of where we're coming from, and then come back to this one to dive into the rest of our conversation exploring how our guest's life has provided them with so much medicine for their own life and the rest of the people that share it with them. So don't miss the backstory. Go check that out and come back. We'll be here. And if you're ready, here we go. As we've been reflecting on your journey so far, I I think we've kind of been talking about this, but I want to ask you this question really um, directly, you know, that... um, one way we strengthen our, our bodies and our minds is is through having a challenge, like through, um, you know, like when we, we get sick, our immune system totally activates and learns how to fight off the virus or the bacteria that's infecting us. And then, then it learns how to do that, right? Um, like, I wonder, like, if you look back on your life, like what have been the things that have infected you that taught you how to heal yourself? Hmm. You have good questions, Chuck. Let me think about that for <laughs> sure. a second. Yeah, when you time. mean like infected, do you mean like a life challenge or something that mm-hmm. happened to me, like something like that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it goes back to that choice that I consciously made because mm-hmm. I had a a family member, it was my mom actually. And if I had allowed that relationship to, I could have become a very hard and cruel person because she was very hard and cruel and abusive. And I was in that environment daily for like 18 years. And I remember, and maybe it was because I was in martial arts training and a lot of that's mental, but I remember realizing that I needed to look at that from almost like above, mm. if that makes sense. And and see that it was something that was happening to me that in the moment I was powerless to like change because I was a kid. Mm but that I did still have some power in the sense that I didn't have to become that, 
if that makes sense. Right. Like I could still be kind to other humans and um, take care of other people. And I think that really made me strong because I had to fight off that influence quite a bit Mm. and fight off the influence of the way I was raised. And that's kind of like an immune system, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's being attacked by these forces and, and fighting back instead of succumbing to it. Right. Does that make sense? It makes, yeah. And I think that like, I want to clarify what you're saying. So I understand like there's been times that you've been tempted to be cruel or mean or something like that. Um, and, I think it would have been easier. Yeah. And not like intentionally, but I think there's a, when you're like being psychologically broken down constantly, there is a temptation to give up that's very strong. Because when you do that or you stop questioning what's happening in a way, you don't have to look at it and you Mm. don't have to like stare at it, which is very scary. And I think when I was that age, it was felt extremely risky to still be a vulnerable person. Right. You know, like that was a huge risk. And in some ways it felt like a mortal risk because of some things that happened. But I sensed that I needed to. Mm. And I don't blame other people that are in those circumstances and don't go that way you know sure. like i understand why you would right um but i was lucky enough for whatever reason to have the objectivity to not to try to not go that way if that mm. makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you used the word spirit earlier and and something you were just saying as well like um it felt like you were alluding to like some other sort of guiding force almost like not just you are other things like outside yourself that guide you or influence you, especially in positive, meaningful directions. I strongly believe in like, this is going to sound really corny, but I strongly believe in love. I really believe in love between humans. Like I had two younger siblings and I was kind of their protector for a long time and i just loved them so much Hmm. i still do and i see that between other people and i have that now with like my own child you know yeah and i find that to be a very powerful very powerful force you know Hmm. and i think even as a younger person i sense that that was real you know, that there was good. I mm-hmm. could see it still. And I really believe in that. I believe in people's ability to um, be really good to each other, I guess. So mm. I know that's not very like esoteric or whatever, but that's kind of, I don't know. That's kind of what I lean towards. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It does make sense. And I, I agree. I think it is a powerful force. And especially as you've shared how like, childhood was at times really hard and chaotic and mom was sometimes really mean and abusive to still find love. And like, even in the midst of training in martial arts where like some people are thinking about like, Oh, that's really violent, right? You're hitting people and kicking (laughs) people. (laughs) And to hear you talk about love, like that's uh, yeah, that does seem like something really powerful. Yeah. 
my instructor was not like that. He was very like, to this day, he's very unemotional. Hmm. But I knew when I started on that path, I'm like, I am not going to do that. Like he was a great, like he made me a really good martial artist. But I think from my life experiences, I wanted to show people kindness, even while being kind of strict you know i think Mm -hmm. you can do both absolutely yeah so i kind of gauged that part of martial arts and i've been trying to find that balance where it doesn't have to be because you never know who you're teaching that's the thing you never know where those kids are coming from what their lives are like what their parents are like and if they come in your door and you're just a total hard ass and have no humanity like, are you really doing good? You know, so that's really my perspective. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Like, I know that I've certainly been surprised and, and maybe this is what you were talking to earlier about the teenagers too. It's like people sometimes seem like they've got everything put together. Everything's fine, presenting very well. And, and then eventually when you get to know them, some of those stories come out that are like, really like, wow, that, that was big. Yeah. You went through that's why you don't make a snap judgment, right? Yeah. Like when you first start right. teaching someone or I'm sure like working with someone like you do, you just you just never know. People's outsides don't match their insides. Absolutely. I know you've been doing long-term therapy and I, I also have done my own long-term therapy. I work with people often long-term and, and sometimes I, I think of like people come for one reason and and that does usually need to be addressed. And there's usually a deeper reason yeah. um, as well that doesn't come out right away. Yeah. yeah. I think this last year with Mark, I have like made discoveries that kind of made my whole life make sense. And I've been in therapy for like hmm. 10 years, right? Like right. working on this stuff. Um, so I think that's why it's important people never stop asking themselves questions and like sitting with things because it can only make you stronger and healthier, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's never the end. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So earlier in your journey, um, you said it was almost about survival and you almost like, it's like, I've got to do this or, uh, or or not, you know, like it's almost like I don't have a choice. I really just have to do this. Yeah. And I wonder what it is that drives you today. What What is it that brings you aliveness and curiosity and, and keeps you um, both doing your personal work and, and growing in other areas of life? I think when you've been outside of a really bad environment, you realize that there's a different world, right? Mm. Like our abuse growing up was pretty constant. I mean, it was daily for like 18 years. And I think Mm. when you grow up that way, you don't know what the rest of the world can be like and the possibilities and the, and the knowledge and the wonderful things that you can learn about. And I think as I've recovered it's almost like getting a second chance, you know, mm. at the age of 33 and having the power back to to learn the world a different way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I have a sacred responsibility with Della, my daughter, to 
to be the the best most healthy person I can be so that nothing is ever uh, duplicated from my experience, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. And having her has been so cool because it's almost like I get to experience childhood again through watching her. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is so wonderful, you know, yeah, definitely. to see a kid that's so like happy and safe and, and full of just joy, like that is, that's a huge driving force for me. Mm. Yeah. And mm. working with my other kids, my Taekwondo kids and seeing them loosen some of these guards and and feel connected to other people. Those two things bring me a lot of meaning, you mm. know? So that's what I would say. Definitely. Well, I, I, I love how you started that too. Like, like you had this world of childhood, which was quite painful, it sounds like. And then as you've done the healing and get out of that world, there's like a whole new world. Yeah. And then and then now you're continuing to unfold like new worlds for yourself and your students. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if someone's living in extreme pain or trauma or things like that, you don't ever think that's possible, right? Right. You don't think you'll ever get out. Right. And you... There is a possibility that you can. Absolutely. You know, and not everything in this world is a reflection of that world that you knew. And I think people need to know that so they don't lose hope. Definitely. You know. Hmm. Sometimes I'm a very visual person and um as you're talking about this I'm I'm seeing two things like one this like just this dark painful world that that um, my childhood was like as well, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so I can really relate. And um, and it takes a lot of work to get out of that dark, scary, painful world. And um, and then once you've done that, then then it's like all these new worlds can open up. And I'm even thinking about it in terms of like Taekwondo belts, you know. Of yeah. Like, it's like, you know, when you're, you know, a lower level belt, like you're just starting to learn like, oh, here's how I move my body. And yeah. This is great. <laughs> yeah. And then like the higher belts, you get like, whoa, I can do this spin. And yeah. this, whoa, this is fun. Yeah. You know, it's like get hard and scary. And it's like, there's still challenges in those other worlds, um, but there's also so much more possibility. And um, yeah. that happens with our growth too. Yeah. Don't you feel like at the beginning of your recovery, you you're almost like having to recreate a person in some ways like your spirit's still there but you're having to like change everything you ever knew about people in the world absolutely and that's very much like our awkward new students that like can't punch and like kick at the same time you know (laughs) which you know is totally normal but Yeah. yeah I'm loving these Taekwondo analogies. Me too. I... <laughs> They're really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't totally expect to talk about Taekwondo the whole time. But it, it's part of how my brain works too. Like my um, story about how I became a therapist was actually like I was really into rock climbing. Mm. Um, and then, you know, we'd spend all day rock climbing and then we'd sit around the campfire and drink beer or whatever and, and then talk about like, oh my God, there was that move. It was so hard. And I didn't think I was going to make it. And, you know, I was shaking and, you know, um, and I'm being a little bit vaguer. I could go into more detail, but the point being, um, it's like those metaphors of life, like really got me excited about like, how do I think about ordinary life, um, 
through the sports that I'm doing, you know, yeah. rock climbing or taekwondo, or even now I'm doing running, which I used to be totally bored by and yeah. thought it was a horrible sport. But now I'm like, literally, when I'm present in my body, every step, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I want to quit, but I'm going to just keep putting one foot in front of the other and and trying to regulate myself and, and all of that. It's like, there's lessons everywhere. That's true. I think there's a huge connection between like athletic resilience and um, mental resilience in just normal life. Right. You know, I think the two can really help each other. Right. Because if you can get through that, like, I personally hate running too, but if you can get through like that run, those are kind of the same tools you use to get through like a really tough therapy session or a really mm -hmm. tough like week or whatever it is, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I can see that analogy too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm thinking about like the research actually shows that like having a regular exercise routine is is equally as effective as antidepressants. Wow. Um, and I, I just took that at face value for the longest time. But as we're talking about it, I'm realizing it maybe part of that is actually the psychological benefit that's happening as you're developing as as an athlete or yeah. sticking to a re exercise routine of whatever it is. Yeah. And I think if people, especially when you were younger, took power from you and made you feel really helpless having a strong body like whatever that looks like just feeling in your own body that you're strong is huge mm -hmm. you know i think it gives you some power back even if you don't feel it like spiritually as much yet i think there's something really powerful about that yeah absolutely i totally agree yeah so maybe a couple more questions here. Um, I'm wondering, Becky, if like if you can think about your like, is there of your life? Is there anything that you've tried to reject mm. that just keeps coming back to you over and over and over again? Man, that's a good question. I'm sure there is. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it's being truly honestly vulnerable with other human beings yeah like i have no problem telling it's weird like i i could sit here and talk to you about like the worst things that ever happened to me and and listen to your worst stories and like honestly care so much about what you're going through but like the ability to truly let my guard down is still I, I, I keep feeling like I know I need to and like it keeps coming back. But that's been a lifelong struggle for me is like trust. Hmm. But I will tell you as a mom, like that's not an option, right? Like right. that has been a huge game changer for me where I've been feeling this like constant like nudge of like you don't, you got to just let it go, right? Right. And I think it's the first time that I've been able to do that since I was a really young person. So I've tried hard to reject that, like being truly open, but I, I keep getting these lessons that I, I need to be, if right. that makes sense. I don't know if you meant something simpler like that, like giving up coffee or something, but uh, <laughs> I, I will never do that. Um, but yeah, that's the one that really comes to mind is, is that, yeah. Yeah. Well, I totally relate to that. It's, it's a, that too, I feel like is a lifelong journey. Of, yeah. It's like, okay, I can be vulnerable with this person in this moment about this thing. And then 
next moment to like, ooh, but not that thing. Yeah. Not that person. Or, <laughs> not quite that deep. Yeah. <laughs> not quite that deep. Yeah. I think trust is a wonderful thing and, and it's it's harder for some people to access it. And for other people, it seems natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I aspire to it even while I kind of resist it, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I'm getting better at it though. Yeah, well, I'll also offer you that maybe there's wisdom in it because, like, not everybody is safe. There are yeah. some people that yeah. um, might hurt us if we're too vulnerable at times, and yeah. and I think there's a valid discernment process that can happen there too. So yeah, I would say the other thing is rejecting facing the real truth. Sometimes, like, mm. I think all of us do that, where we don't want to look at something for what it's what it really is, and I think. For the longest time, I really resisted that, and it's only been the last few years where I've really learned the value of facing something, even if it's really scary, you know, like not hiding it, not pretending it was something different, because I think that's the key to freedom. Like, whatever that thing is, is honestly looking at it, and I think I spent a long time refusing to do that. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think those two things. And I'm pretty stubborn, so it's taken a while to like chip away at those things. <laughs> <laughs> Same. But I'm trying. I think that's why I keep doing therapy too, because it's like, because they are valid things that we're working on, and like there is that deeper layer too, you know. And yep. sometimes it just takes some time to get to the. Oh, no, this is actually the thing. (laughs) Yeah, and I can't run away from it, and I have to just look at it. Yeah. Even if you really, really don't want to, because that's like your way out, I think. Mm. Um, And I think I resisted that for a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Well, I know I said two questions a minute ago, but um, two more questions. One, tell me, like, is there anything that we've talked about so far that has like really stirred something for you that's burning and pressing that you're like, now this is actually really important about me in my life. Just the value of not giving up. Yeah. You know, like hearing that you've been through similar things and we probably have some very similar stories and you're sitting here, you know, with a life, a good life. And I'm sitting here with a good life. Like, I just, I don't want anyone to ever think that they're beyond help. You know, I feel like I am living proof of that. Right. You know, and I just feel this, this desire to just like urge to make that clear. Like, I know how dark it can get. I know how helpless it can get. And like, where you just feel like there's absolutely no point, but there is. Sure. And I feel like that's a message that I have that I try to give other people because I understand that bottom so well, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, there is hope. And I feel like when you're down there, you don't believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, no one can tell you that. But yeah. Right. That would be it, I think. Right. Yeah. And I'll just amplify that, that like, we can talk about that on the grand scale of life that has been one of your driving forces and messages. And I see that happening like 
just in like day-to-day life as a parent of like, all right, my teenager is really getting on my nerves right now. And I'd (laughs) rather just look at my phone and scroll some more, but I should probably not give up and go continue to try to talk and try to connect and try to resolve the issue or, or whatever, you know? Yeah. or or like a, a challenge with my partner or something, you know, too, of like, yeah. oh, I'm so tired of talking about this damn thing. And <laughs> oh, I, yes, yes, I know. But I know. You're important to me. So we're going to keep <laughs> trying, right? And not give up. <laughs> well, I remember right after I had Della, I, I was supposed to test for my fourth degree black belt. And I had to push it, obviously, because I was pregnant. Hmm. And when I was getting back into Taekwondo shape, I had moments like that where I was yeah. like... This time of this chapter's done. Like my body can't do this anymore. Like I feel so. I've never been in a body that felt a physical body that felt incapable or not strong. Right. And it took me like a year to get back into Taekwondo shape. And I really believe that those life lessons, horrible as they were, really helped. Because I'm like, I've I've been here before where it was like so tempting to yeah. throw in your cards. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to. Like mm-hmm. like you, like I get that, but I it helped me get through that. So yeah, the things that feel like your worst curses right now can be wonderful teachers, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So one thing that I'm realizing that has emerged as we've talked and you and I both shared a little bit of our therapy journey and you're now talking about like your year-long uh, recovery of your body to get back into physical shape for your Taekwondo practice is that these things take time. Yes. <laughs> like They and- really do. And there's so many times when you wish you could just fast forward through it, you know, especially in therapy. I've had moments where I'm like, there, I just want to get to the end, you know, but right. even if you're not a patient person, build that skill over time to be patient because it all takes time and patience with yourself. And there's no shortcut right. through this stuff. It's only like through, but as you and I are proof of, like there is a through, right? Like mm-hmm. there is a way through. So yeah, it takes a lot of time and a lot of patience, even when you want it to just be over. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the martial arts journey is like that. Therapy is like that. Life is like that. Running is, running like, is that. like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to convince me on that running thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just find it so boring. Yeah. Um, audiobooks. That's, that's audiobooks and podcasts have been the, the secret for me. Yes. I listen to audiobooks every day when I'm driving in from work or else. And I bet running, yep. that helps a lot. I just, uh, all right, I'm going to listen to something I'm really enjoying and just chew away the miles. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Well, Becky, is there anything else um, that, as we've been talking about that um, both major shapers of your life or things that you're really curious and passionate about moving forward that you want to name before we wrap up for today? Well... Just for people to speak their story, even if they think it's their fault or that they're beyond help, just like say it out loud to someone you trust and see what happens. And I think being a person in recovery has given me a new lease on life. And I'm really excited to like be a parent and um, be in a healthy relationship and 
start to experience like joy for the first time. Mm. Like that is, that gives my life a lot of meaning. So those two things, like tell your stories, even if it upsets other people or like you don't think you deserve to say it. And I'm going to focus on like a future that I have built through a lot of healing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful that you came here and, and we're telling your story yeah. to to me and whoever ends up listening to this podcast, because that is a valuable lesson that we all have a really valuable story. Yeah. I would say a huge part of my recovery has been listening to other people's stories, oh, you know, yeah. knowing you're not alone, like even if it's on Instagram or in a podcast, like the first time someone tells a story and you're like, wow, that happened to me too. I didn't know mm-hmm. that other people went through that. Like. So even if no one ever listens to this, I'm glad that you and I got to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's good to tell our stories. Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> well, so in closing, I just want to sit and reflect on the stories that you've shared. And I'm just really noticing how woven into life your healing journey is, you know, what, the service that you provide for your students and your partner and your daughter and uh, the teaching that you do both of how to physically and mentally go stronger with martial arts, as well as the deepening into the layers that you do in your therapy work. Um, like as I've listened to your story, Becky, I hear like, like, and I see this image of like this big expansion of both reaching up with a lot of growth and potential and expansion, as well as reaching down through the layers and unearthing yeah. all of those things that have driven you and your life so that you can land in this place to share your story and be excited about the joy that um, is possible yeah. in life. It's like being reborn in some ways. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Even in this crazy world of pandemic and oh, I know, and stuff, like, <laughs> I know, it's still possible, and it's still better than where you came from. Absolutely, you know, it's still better than where you came from. And I think a lot of p- times people fixate on they have to have this like glorious, elaborate, like luxurious life, and you really don't. You just have to have a life where you feel wholly there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, pandemic aside, mm-hmm. it's still good. It's still there. It's yeah, still good. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Becky, for coming and talking today. Yes, thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, we'll have a bio and a link to your studio on the show notes and everything. Sure. So uh, folks, if they want to reach out, can can find you on there. And, and I appreciate the kind words that you share with me about uh, how you've experienced me. And I just want to give those back, too, that you've been an amazing teacher to me. Oh, and thank you. Martial arts and, and our conversation today. So... I think anyone would be uh, blessed to find you and get to thank you share life and study and grow with you as well. So, that means a lot. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, until next time. All right. <laughs> thank you for listening to My Life is the Medicine. We hope our guest story this week has inspired you to look closer at your own life. Maybe you heard some of your own story and their story through many of these experiences are common, ordinary experiences. And maybe something about their story was unique, which also might have inspired you to think about how your life, too, is unique. Either way, we hope our story today has helped you to see that your life, too, is the medicine. 
If you'd like to consider diving deeper into your own story and sharing your story with others, we hope you might consider joining us on a future episode. And if not, that's okay too. We hope you'll continue listening, keep reflecting, and help you see how your life too is the medicine. Take good care, and we'll see you next time.